Hey, so what you just saw is the arrest of these two guys, uh, totally innocent. They were just hanging out at Starbucks and uh, they hadn't purchased anything yet. And then they were arrested. Uh, and the allegation was they got arrested because there were these two black guys. They were chilling out at Starbucks. They weren't buying anything. They said they were waiting for their buddy. Uh, and then sure enough, uh, as they were getting arrested, their buddy came. Uh, don't you hate when people are late? <laughs> See what I'm saying? This is why I hate when people are late. Uh, but I apologize. I was late today a little bit because uh, I kept rereading uh, the facts of this case because it's so interesting. So um, what what ensued after this is a whirlwind of legal cases and uh, and drama. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And you're going to love it. And I got this amazing gift here. Uh, this run it by my lawyer merchandise. So I'm super excited. I've been getting uh, some requests to make uh, make more of these, and I am debating doing it. Uh, and I got this one as a gift, and some run it by my lawyer T-shirts. Uh, what did you think about those T-shirts? Did you like them? I liked them. Did you? Okay, yeah, okay. Don't, don't put a QR code on my shirt, though. I can't no QR code. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody said. If I do do the shirts uh, to put QR codes on it, what would so that they could go to the podcast or something? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll put an invoice. Like I'll put a QR code where people could just pay an invoice for the hell of it, right? <laughs> okay. All right. So let's go over what happened here because this case is going to have everything in it, from constitutional law issues to uh, employment discrimination, uh, employment rights, jury. Uh, uh, issues. It's going to be great. So uh, in April 2018, and I think most people probably remember the story. There were these two guys, they were at a Philadelphia Starbucks, and it was on the corners of 18th and Spruce. Okay, I've never been to Philadelphia myself. Uh, so I got to go check it out one day. And uh, so they were there and they were there for a little while. Uh, it's, it's a little unclear exactly how long, uh, but they didn't buy anything. They were uh, waiting for their friend and when their friend came, they were all going to have coffee, which is, you know, reasonable. I've done that, okay, before. And, um, you know, so then the uh, the Starbucks manager, who happened to be white, uh, told them, listen, buy something or get the heck out, <laughs> right? And they did not buy anything. They kept saying, we're waiting for our friend. Uh, so then she called the police. Uh, the police came and arrested them. Uh, it was, and as they were, as I said earlier, as they were getting arrested, their buddy came and their buddy started filming the police arresting them saying, why are they getting arrested? Because they're black. Like, why are you arresting them? They didn't do anything wrong. I'm here so we could get coffee. Like, why are you arresting them? And that went, uh, very viral. Is that a word that can be very viral as opposed to viral? Like what's the, you know, <laughs> that was viral <laughs> to say the least. And then Starbucks went into like panic mode. Uh, to try to get this resolved. They did do one thing that is unusual, and that is the CEO met with those two guys and somehow settled the case with them right there on the spot. He must have offered them millions of dollars. <laughs> My gut feeling is he probably gave them seven million bucks or something to say, just settle this, please, and we're sorry, you know? Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. It was an undisclosed amount, by the way. So who knows exactly how much it was. All right. Um, but then came like kind of like things that were going on in Starbucks. They did after that, they made this like nationwide announcement saying, okay, all our stores that have bathrooms are just going to be open. You know, anytime someone wants to go to the bathroom, we're not going to ask questions. You know, we're not going to do anything like that. Just come on in, chill out, go to the bathroom if you want. <laughs> all right. Um, so anyway, now what happened that this is April, 2018. Uh, and by the way, they were arrested around 5 p.m., and they didn't end up getting charged because Starbucks like, we're not going to make formal charges, but it took them till 1.30 a.m. to get released from jail. So they were there for about nine hours. And I don't understand why it takes that long, uh, you know, to to get through that. And so anyhow, uh, this because the city of Philadelphia received a lot of uh, criticism over uh, the handling all of this as well. Uh, all right. So the first order of business is that they fired Holly Hilton, uh, and she's the man, like the, the actual store manager, uh, which was unfortunate for her because she was f- actually following the Starbucks handbook. You know, they called it the Starbucks safe and welcoming policies back then. Uh and in that, it, it says, it was right there on page 83, don't let black guys hang out here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it did say that if, if people are there hanging out and they're not buying things, they, they should be asked to leave. You know, they can't just hang out and congregate there, you know. Um, so she was abiding by that policy. Of course, they claimed, you know, maybe she was uh, a little too uh, more stringent with with black people than white people or whatever. I mean, she was fired immediately. Uh, and then the uh, managers of that area had to uh, like get together to see, okay, what are we going to do in terms of the community and how are we going to look good after this? And I mean, there were protests going on uh, and things like that. Now, the structure here, the the person in this lawsuit is named Shannon Phillips. She's the plaintiff and she got an award of almost $26 million. She was fired in about a month after this. And she's claiming that it was a case of reverse discrimination, meaning that she was fired uh, and she was she's white and that, you know, if she was black, she wouldn't have been fired. So this is a, um, a case of reverse discrimination. And the jury in New Jersey clearly agreed with her because they awarded her $25,600,000. And now we got to figure out how did that happen? Um, so first, Starbucks has a, uh, you know, a hierarchy of, of how, you know, the things go. And in terms of like relevant to her, so she was a uh, regional district manager. Uh, and then as a regional district manager, so she had like the region in like parts of Philadelphia, parts of Delaware, parts of New Jersey. And then she managed uh, nine district manager. So all those district managers had, you know, a smaller area. And then so they would all report to her. Okay, so, uh, so she had nine district managers, and then she reported to what was called a regional vice president. Did you get all that? We're gonna have an examination. Okay. Uh, So all right. So so that's the of this like crazy hierarchy. That's the kind of relevant part as far as we're concerned. Uh, And then what happened was after this, so the district manager that was involved of this particular store, his name is Paul Sykes. Uh, and it's important to know 
because it's in the lawsuit and the jury relied on this and the judge relied on this. And uh, so that district manager of this particular store, uh, he's black. Okay, so Paul Sykes is black. There's another district manager named Ben Ben Trinzi. He's white. He was fired. Um, and well, hold on, hold on. The, this is the the crux of this. He they they told her to suspend him, uh, and and she said, well, why are we suspending him when his store wasn't even involved? And um, you know, and then that led to her getting fired. Okay. So ultimately, they wanted Shannon Phillips to suspend him. So what had happened was she, after this April 2018 incident where they arrested these two black guys, uh, you know, the managers in that area were getting together, the leadership was getting together, uh, and she herself, Shannon Phillips, uh, who is the subject of this lawsuit, the plaintiff in this lawsuit, she was kind of organizing a lot of these. And then on May 7, 2018, what they they went to her, so her uh, supervisor, okay, that regional vice president, and uh, they told her that uh, we need you to tell Ben Trinzi that he is suspended and that we're going to review his uh, performance while he's suspended. And she said, well, why is he being suspended? And they said, because... Some uh, black workers are claiming that they're getting paid less than white workers. And so we're going to put them on suspension. Uh, and then her, she stuck up for him. This is her district manager, right? So these are one of the people that she uh, kind of uh, that report to her. So there's probably some sort of camaraderie or, or feeling like, let me stick up for this guy. Uh, because she told them, wait a minute. <laughs> is that the only complaint? Because he has been working here for, it was like something at that point, like 13 years uh, and same with Shannon Phillips. Shannon was there for 13 years when she got fired. She said, this guy, Ben, um, you know, he was working there for a long time, like some sort of like way over 10 years, and that he was getting very, very, very good performance reviews. And that the only th reason that they want to suspend him was that he's not paying, you know, the salaries of his, like the, the people that work there were not like as high for white workers than for black workers as they were for white workers. Then she told her uh, supervisors, she said, wait a minute, it doesn't matter because he doesn't even set the salaries for the different positions. And he doesn't, he's not in charge of, of, of those particular salary issues. And they told her just, it doesn't matter, just do it. You know, and then she kind of she called in like the HR and she goes, I don't this is this doesn't seem right uh, that, that this is happening this way. The next day, Starbucks called her and said, OK, you're fired. You're fired. Please. No, I cannot be fired. I'm fired. Ah. Uh, da, 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 da. So she gets fired. And as far as I'm concerned, this is the most horrible thing that they told her when she got fired. She's like, well, why am I getting fired? Starbucks said, and I quote, the situation is not recoverable. All right. So that was their only, that's what they kept telling her. You know, every time that was the only reason the situation is not recoverable. I hate that type of, you know, double speak, you know, doesn't mean it. Like, what the heck does that mean? Like, can you be a little more specific, please? Um, and and just for that, I think if the, you know, the jury heard that, they're probably like, F them, 
You know what that? What, can you explain to me what that means? Uh, that's what I told my ex. Oh, da 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 da! Mateo told his ex the situation is not recoverable. Right? Uh, <laughs> that is good. That's good. Did she ask for specifics? <laughs> right? Okay. So uh, that is what happened in May of 2018. Then she gets fired, uh, and then you know, obviously, she's claiming that this whole thing was a pretext for, um, you know, kind of like a, a racial discrimination because the Starbucks was doing everything it could to kind of repair the image type of thing. And um, it probably would have been really bad for the image if they would have started firing a bunch of black employees, right? This is her, her claim that ultimately the judge and jury agreed with, okay? And uh, so she's saying that because of that, they weren't, firing black workers they were firing white workers after this that that's the the reverse discrimination part and she even a month before she got fired she had even received a big bonus uh i couldn't find out exact amount but they make a lot of money uh the the regional district managers of starbucks uh they they probably i mean going through all this i don't know if it's worth it but so she she even got a um a performance or you know a bonus a month before and her all of her uh, evaluations were very good, uh, which is, uh, it's a, it's a rule. Like if, if someone's evaluations are really good, you know, um, then, you know, why did they get fired? And by the way, a lot of people have told me, they're like, well, what difference does it make if somebody's an at will employee, there's a rule about at will employee. Uh, and I, I remember like an old, an older lawyer kind of, uh, you know, when I was starting out, she used to say this and I, and I, uh, I agree with it. It's like an at-will employee. You could be fired for any reason as long as it's not the wrong reason, <laughs> okay? What that means is you can get fired if, you know, the company's not doing well or they need to make, you know, save money, uh, things like this. Maybe they don't like your performance or whatever, right? But if it's for some sort of discriminatory purpose or religious purpose or like you're firing a whistleblower, uh, you know, things like that, uh, or like some sort of sexual harassment or whatever it is, if you're firing somebody for things like that, that would be the wrong reason. And so there are reasons why an at-will employee can still sue an employer. Uh, and, and this is one of them, right? The discrimination. Uh, so she is claiming, you know, like I said, that that they fired her. And if she wasn't uh, white, that, that she wouldn't have been fired and, you know, this and that. So the claims now is under, uh, she filed a lawsuit in the federal court. And in the federal court, she had a few what's called causes of action. The first one being uh, what we call Section 7. And Section 7 is actually Section 7 of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Trivia, what year was the 1964 Civil Rights Act? So uh, in that part, in Section 7, now the... That was a big deal in the, in the 60s, and, and obviously there was like major riots and fighting for this. Uh, so what Congress did in the 60s is they enacted the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, and in it, it said that, you know, private like restaurants and private employers and private uh, schools and, and um, you know, other, other facilities that are open to the public, they cannot discriminate uh, based on uh, race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. And they made that a federal law, which is a big deal because, you know, some states didn't have an equivalent case uh, state law. So the federal government said, let's just make this a whole federal law. So she is suing under that law. 
that Section 7 of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Now, uh, in terms of constitutional law, like how can the federal government uh, enact that type of law? The rule is if it relates to interstate commerce, meaning it's a, it's a company that that does business, you know, you know, um, that affects the interstate commerce, like in through through several states, then the federal government has da, 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 jurisdiction. All right. So if it's that type of thing, then the federal government has jurisdiction because it's affecting interstate commerce. If it's some sort of employer that's very small or like very local, you know, uh, and there's no it, it doesn't affect different states, things like that. Then theoretically, in those cases, the federal government may not have the jurisdiction to, um, you know, to pass a law, you know, some sort of law like this. So it would have to be a state law. Um, and obviously, Starbucks doesn't go through different states. <laughs> you know, obviously it does, right? It's a nationwide, a worldwide company. And she even herself was in different states that, that she was working in. So it certainly, uh, Starbucks interacts with interstate commerce, right? So uh, the 1964 Civil Rights Act is one avenue. And in Section 7 is the, is the section that relates to employers, meaning that employers cannot... Um, discriminate based on race, color. You know, um, the other, uh, like, rule in the law that she filed a lawsuit was under uh, 42 United States Code Section 1981. Uh, from the lawyers, we just call that Section 1981, <laughs> all right? Uh, and that one says that private employers cannot uh, discriminate. Now, get this. That section, that part of the law... Came from the Civil Rights Act of 1866. Uh, what year was the? No, okay, <laughs> he's gonna kill me pretty soon. Okay, so uh, the Civil. This one is kind of um, you know ironic in a way because that was after the Civil War. So Congress wanted to enact a law that stated uh, you know all persons within the jurisdiction of the United States shall have the same right in every state and territory to make and enforce contracts to sue be parties given evidence and have a uh, full and equal benefit of all laws uh, they actually wanted to pass that this was right after the Civil War because uh, you know black employees and and uh, you know black citizens were not treated equally in, in terms of different contracts and different uh, you know awards and and things like that right? Uh, they weren't allowed to sue, you know, for certain things uh, or, you know, the, so that is why it passed in 19 in 1866. It was actually vetoed by President Andrew Johnson. OK, not a very popular president. Right. It had to be uh, override the veto. So Congress had to have more than two thirds of the representatives uh, to override his veto. And they did it. Uh, OK. So those are the two federal laws that she is suing under. Uh, and then she's also suing Starbucks under a state law, a New Jersey state law, because New Jersey is where uh, most of her work was being done. Uh, but because she also worked in Philadelphia and, and Delaware, she could have probably sued in either of those states also. But she chose uh, New Jersey. Uh, my gut feeling is she chose a really good district in New Jersey uh, where she felt that they, they could get a favorable uh, a jury, okay? Uh, we call that forum shopping in the law. All right, so she forum shopped and she wanted to go to New Jersey. She could have went to those other states. She could have actually went also to the state of Washington, 
if she wanted to, but that would have been a disaster potentially because that's where Starbucks is located. Uh, so she would have been allowed to go there, but you don't want to go there because people there probably really like Starbucks, you know, uh, because it employs so many people as the, the regional offices uh, or the corporate headquarters, sorry. Okay, so anyway, she also sued under a New Jersey state law. Uh, it's important, that one's called the New Jersey Law Against Discrimination or NJLAD, <laughs> okay, NJLAD. Uh, it's important to know because sometimes you, you sue under whatever law applies just in case the judge says, ah, uh, this particular law, it would be inapplicable because you can't prove this particular part, you know, something like that. So that's why you want to sue for as many uh, you know, provisions that you could sue for. She went straight to the federal court. Had she sued in the state court, because she's suing under the federal laws, the Starbucks would have removed it or potentially removed it to the federal court. So her lawyers did their smart thing. They just went straight to the federal court. Um, you know, so, so that's how it's, it all started. So that <laughs> all happened in the year 2019. Uh, four years later, Four years later, we have a judgment and the case is still not over because there's an appeal. Okay, so four years later, we have a judgment. And what happened in the trial uh, was very important. So they, you know, she testified and she testified about all these things happening. And the big part of her testimony is that uh, she said, well, they wanted me to suspend this district manager, uh, Miss, you know, Ben Trinzi. Okay, um, who's white and his store wasn't even involved. It wasn't he wasn't managing the store that, you know, arrested those or, or had the police arrest those two uh, black customers, you know. And, and so and he had received extremely good reviews and the reason purported to suspend him. What they were going to review is these salary issues. And he wasn't even in charge of salaries. So that's why she called HR. She said, I don't feel comfortable uh, suspending this guy. And even while she was just while she was talking, you know, like in that process, uh, you know, they fired her the next day. So it could have, you know, maybe she would have suspended him. Maybe she could have convinced him. I think she did the right thing by saying, look, I don't think this is fair to do. You know, I, I, I don't like this. Uh, and I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing it. This is, this is, uh, it would be racist to to fire this guy or, or suspend him, especially for something he, he doesn't even have control over, you know. Um, and so I think that's what really resonated with the jury. <laughs> OK, uh, and there was something else that really resonated with the jury. The district manager who was in charge of this particular store, uh, Paul Sykes is his name. He testified that he thought that Starbucks uh, fired her for, uh, you know, a, on racial discrimination grounds, uh, which is a big deal, right? Because you have a, uh, a district manager who is black and who is in charge of that store. He said to the jury when under testimony, he's like, I do. Th I think so. I think they fired her. And I think it was unfair. And I think it was, uh, you know, discriminatory based on race. And uh, Starbucks had asked the court to uh, not allow that evidence, <laughs> okay? That is what we call bad evidence, right, for Starbucks. And the court, that was, uh, and I've talked about this in other, other podcasts, it's called a motion in limine. A motion in limine is uh, an avenue where a party could say, look, we know that there's this evidence out there, and we think that that evidence is, uh, should not be admitted into, in, you know, to the jury, uh, because maybe it's irrelevant, maybe it's prejudicial, maybe you know, it was a settlement, 
discussion, uh, not this one, but I'm just saying examples of why something could be uh, inadmissible. Here, Starbucks had made an argument saying, uh, this guy is not an expert in what, uh, you know, like people's psychology or something. And he he doesn't, like he wasn't like there, like in the leadership meetings to know why she was fired. So his opinion is a non, they called him a non-decision maker. His opinion is absolutely not relevant uh, and therefore should not be, you know, it, it's not relevant to this case. It's going to prejudice the case more than this was, uh, you know, something that's, they call it probative evidence, you know, but it's more prejudicial. What do you think? Was it fair that he testifies? Sounded fair to me, you know? <laughs> I mean, the judge, the federal judge said, go ahead and testify. You know, so that was the big testimony. Now, Starbucks, for its uh, defense, made arguments like, well, the situation stressed her out. <laughs> okay, let me let me get her uh, Starbucks argument. Um, because after this, after the trial and after this big judgment, Starbucks filed a motion asking the judge to reduce her test, her, um, her award. Okay. So here we go. Um, and this is not going to be easy because the judge stated in previous rulings that Starbucks had, um, you know, that, that he was getting very good, that she was getting very good reviews. Okay. Sorry. What I, this particular motion, uh, oh, Matt, da, 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 that's why I was looking at the wrong one, this one. So Starbucks also stated that there were reasons why she got fired, uh, Shannon Phillips, and those reasons uh, were that after all of this happened, that uh, she was too stressed out. Like at some points that she told somebody, man, this is like too much for me, uh, and that this is like like extremely stressful, that she wasn't really ready to do this. Uh, like she kind of complained to coworkers about that. And Starbucks is saying, well, that's enough evidence to show uh, that she shouldn't have, you know, that she there was other reasons to fire her, not her race. Uh, and that she, uh, you know, she's told one person at, at Starbucks, I'm not built for this. I can't do this. This is too complicated for me, uh, which is, you know, people say that, right? <laughs> like sometimes when they're a little stressed out, but she was doing a good job. Um, and so, and then they're also... Starbucks is claiming she wasn't uh, Shannon was not literally present, even though physically not mentally in the room with our partners. Like somebody claimed that, look, in some of the meetings, she seemed a little out of it. Uh, I don't know. That doesn't seem like that bad. I think that, you know, uh, I'm like that in 99 percent of the meetings, I'm in, you know, uh, someone's like Joe Samo. I, he wasn't there all there when we were talking to him. No, I'm just kidding. That doesn't usually happen. Uh, so, OK. Where are we now? So in June of 2023, um, did I say it was, wow, this has been five years since the arrest, right? So five years later, she has a judgment for 25,600,000. Starbucks, uh, like I said, they have, it is so difficult for a plaintiff to win because listen to this, after she files her complaint, Starbucks is allowed to ask the judge to dismiss the case. It's called a motion for summary judgment. And Starbucks tried that and the judge ruled against Starbucks. So she has to convince the judge that she even has the right to go to a trial, to have her day in court. She won that. Then she has to convince the jury, all right? If she loses she if she loses either one, she's out. So Starbucks just has to win one of those two. Uh, so she has to convince the judge first, and then she has to convince the jury, then get this. Then 
She has to convince the judge again, again, again <laughs> that that her case warranted this, you know, because, uh, you know, because they're allowed to ask for a reduction or a complete zero amount. Uh, and some judges approve that. They say, you know, after the whole trial and listening to everyone, I'm going to change my mind and I'm going to rule that she doesn't get anything or I'm going to reduce her 25 million to 1 million, whatever. Uh, the judges are allowed to do that. So it's like she has to convince the judge before the trial. She has to convince the jury during the trial. Then she has to convince the judge one more time after the trial, at least one more time after the trial. Uh, dang, is that enough? That's it? Then she gets her money? No! Nothing is over! Nothing! Because then they could appeal. <laughs> and then she has to convince an appellate court that all of this was fair and done uh, properly. And Starbucks is going to argue uh, to this judge. And, and I, my gut feeling is that this judge will not throw out the verdict because uh, I just think she had good evidence against them. And it was this same judge that ruled that that guy can testify. So I don't think this judge will uh, throw out the verdict. I do think judges have some sort of tendency to reduce the amount, uh, probably so that the cases gets over, like maybe they won't uh, appeal. Like if the judge reduces the 25 and a half million down to like 10 million or something, maybe then Starbucks won't appeal it. Yeah, you know, or that they think the jury gave her too much. I don't know. I mean, the judges have so much discretion there. And, and my gut feeling is that the judge may reduce it by a bit, <laughs> a bit being a few million at least. Uh, and then Starbucks could appeal and then she'll have to win the appellate case. Um, I think overall, I think she won. Um, I think that the big one in the case will be, well, why did the judge allow that particular guy to testify? Uh, you know, because he, he wasn't a decision maker. I do think it was fair that he was able to testify. I mean, he was a district manager. It was his store that this arrest happened. And um, I think it was fair that he testified. I don't know why, you know, I don't think the appellate court will overrule the whole case over that. And even if that was a mistake, the appellate court has to rule that that was a mistake and that was a fundamental flaw in the whole case. Like, what, you know, they're, they're not entitled to a perfect trial. It's almost impossible, but they're entitled to a fair trial. But allowing that testimony was so unfair that it would warrant a whole new trial. That's, that's a big thing to ask. Um, if you uh, are employed and you, I have gotten so many calls about reverse discrimination and I do think it happens and I do think regular good old fashioned discrimination happens too. And that's why there's these, uh, these laws in place. I think she's going to win her case. I think she's going to get paid. What's your, uh, what's your opinion here? What do you think is going to happen to our friend? Shannon Phillips. Oh, it's going to get reduced. I think you, you said 10 million. Yeah. 12, 13, you know, you how think much does she get paid though? She's going to get paid $25,600,000. How much was she getting paid? Yeah. She, well, okay. 600000 was for what they called lost wages, meaning like she was getting about 200000 a year. So they gave her about three years of pay. Um, I don't know the exact, it could have been like two fifty, dollars whatever. Um, so that's the, they call that the compensatory part, 600000 The $25,000,000 was just to punish Starbucks, meaning the jury thought that this was so egregious and just so malicious that they wanted to give her money on top of what she lost. Uh, oh, there's another good part. In employment law, in federal law, is that if you win an employment case, then your lawyer, she doesn't even have to pay her own lawyers because then they could make a motion 
to get the attorney fees paid for by the defendant and they're entitled to it. And they did make a motion to get about $2 million in attorney fees. So if they win that, then she gets that money free and clear, like, like, cause they pay her legal fees. Uh, all right, great stuff today. I'd love to hear your opinion. See you next week.